This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, tell Ramsey. Yeah, tell Ramsey we'll get him. Ramsey wanted to talk about something super dark anyways. <laughs> uh, let's bring in our good buddy James Ham here. Uh, talk about Chris Benoit. Speaking <laughs> of darkness. Pretty pretty damn close. You know, Hammer, I don't think anyone associates you with darkness. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, James. You're listening to D-Lo and KC on KIFM West Sacramento 98.5 FM KRX QHD2 Sacramento ESPN 1320 always live on the Odyssey app. The creator of the Kings Beat, uh, James Ham, here with us. Now, by darkness, I think you meant negativity. And James, after four straight wins, even you can't find a reason to be <laughs> negative or to be concerned about where the Sacramento Kings are right now. Yeah, I told you guys, I, I think it was, what, on Friday or Monday? I, I don't know what day of the week it is. I never do. Um, that uh, if they can they can win the two OKC games, that this is it, they look more like a 48-win team, and they could actually push for 50. Mm. Uh, and they did it. Four in a row, here we are. We're sitting in a in an unprecedented situation over the last 16 years for the Sacramento Kings where they completely control their own destiny. And all they have to do is, I don't even know if they have to go 500. I expect them to go a few games above 500 from here on out, but um, they're, they've put themselves in a great position. They took care of the business that they had to take care of. It was three out of four that were very winnable games again. And the Kings don't have a bunch of those left on their schedule. They took care of it, and they've got separation. And I didn't expect to see this type of separation this late in the season. It, it's uh, it's a good day. It's a very good day to be a Sacramento Kings fan. James, you, when you when you talk about what you saw from this team, it, it, do you think it goes past the wins? Because you had a great point on Friday, I think it was, where you talk about these guys can play really well and still lose games. You know what I mean? So it's not always about the wins and losses when you talk about trying to get prepared and seeing if you're up to the caliber of playoff basketball. But just the way they've been playing and the way they approach some stuff, is is that more impressive to you than just the three wins or the four wins since the break? Like It seemed like, especially yesterday without Fox, they still had a certain mentality going into that Thunder game that uh, that that from the on start they were they were ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I will hold to it. Like, look, they could play excellent basketball all the way down the stretch here and still lose, you know, 13 games out of the final 21. Um, that can happen. They they play a lot of tough teams. I think the biggest thing is I don't even really care how they played the last four days, the last four games. Mm. The fact that they won all four, yeah. it makes a huge, huge difference in how this final, you know, 21 games will be played out. I mean, look, if they go 11 and 10 and they, they lose, you know, re, they lose 10 games, mm -hmm. that means that a team like Dallas, who's now six games back in the loss column, 
they they've got to be almost perfect mm. like the whole way i mean they don't they've got like four losses the rest of the season that they can that they can you know put on the board yeah. if they want to and then they would still tie the kings and it comes down to tiebreakers and you can say the same thing about the clippers uh the same thing about the warriors and you know so all of these we we kept talking about it early it's not just that you beat the Clippers on Friday. It's that you now have a two-one advantage in the season series. Mm-hmm. It's not just that you beat the the Lakers. Uh, it's that you beat them. You won the se- season series three games to one. So all of these things are starting to matter and, and compound at this moment uh, because the Kings like it, it could come down to tiebreakers where they finish. <clears throat> and I would rather be a team with a three and a half, four and four and a half game lead over the the three teams behind me than one of those teams chasing when it comes down to, you know, 20, 21 games left in the season. Uh, Hammer, talking about last night's game specifically, and I really appreciate the fact that she said how they win uh, doesn't matter because we're so late in the season. Just getting a W uh, is what matters. And, uh, I mean, last night's game wasn't the prettiest, uh, but it was pretty pretty when the the buzzer went off uh, and the Kings had won. Um, Kenny and I talked about the – confidence that this team has 60 games into the season and the fact that they were able to go out there and execute particularly those five starters execute the way that they did uh, with the Aaron Fox off the floor Um, how did you like what was your takeaway from that I feel like I asked the question while answering it at the same time so my apologies for that but I'll I'll say this what really stood out to me yesterday was the way that the starters played in absence of the Aaron yeah we're talking about efficient like really, really high quality offense. And Davion, I, I thought, brought it on the defensive end. He ended up with, what, 15 points, and four mm-hmm. of those came in the last couple of minutes or the last minute or so. Uh, but the defense he played during the game, I thought, was really, really strong. Uh, and then you start looking at guys like, um, you know, Harrison Barnes, who scores 29 points on 13 shots. Mm. Like, what in the world? Like, the guy just... When he wants to be that player, he can be that player. And I thought that in a in a moment where you needed Harrison Barnes to step up because Fox is out, he had no problems doing it. And the fact that he went and got nine rebounds, that that's tremendous. And he had assists, which again, Harrison isn't a big assist man, but when Fox steps off the court, you need everybody to chip in when it comes to that. Kevin Herter, nine assists. Mm. Like forget the twenty points. People want to talk about, oh, he's been in such a shooting slump. Okay. Like I told you guys, the four games before the stinker that he had, what on on Sunday, he was shooting like four fourteen uh, uh, from three, for like forty one point four percent from three over his previous four games. Like he was fine last night. Did he hit the three all the time? No. But to be honest, he's a guy that it almost doesn't matter. You know, we can compare like the the big downturn that we had from Malik Monk to the the downturn that we've seen from Kevin Herter. The biggest difference is when Monk wasn't hitting his three and was really struggling, he was shooting 36% for a 24-game stretch from the field. Kevin Herter, even in this stretch where he's struggling from three, he's still shooting like 47, 48, 49% from three. It just depends on how far out you want to go in the window. So he's still being effective. He's just not hitting the three, which is something he's going to have to hit. Uh, But again, nine assists from him. I thought that was tremendous. A double-double uh, not just from Sabonis, but also from Keegan Murray. Uh, like Keegan Murray came to play. He hit the glass so hard. He had that huge putback dunk, which we haven't seen him really do. And we're seeing every day his confidence is rising. 
He's expanding his game. He's showing you more and more of who he will be in the future. And, you know, what he is right now is really good. But what he can be in the future is exciting. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be much better than he is a season where he's averaging, what, 12 points a game on the season. Mm -hmm. uh, you just have to be patient. And so all of that said, then you have the guy who, who literally is driving the wheel here for the Sacramento Kings and Sabonis. And we just, we've got to a point where we take it for granted. A guy goes out puts up 22 points, 14 rebounds, and 9 assists. It's just every game. Every game is a superstar game. And we don't want to call him that, but that's what he's doing. Like, his his numbers are incredible. And so, yeah, the, the starting five, we can skip over talking about the other guys that played, but the starting five, you're right, they were just absolutely tremendous. In a game that, it's a big deal. If you lose that game, you can say, oh, it's just one game. It's really not. It's one game against a sub-500 team, and you only have, like, five of those left. Mm -hmm. You need those wins. You have to get those wins. Well, you know, and the other thing that I like about that as well is, like, yesterday the starting five uh, carried them, right? Like, the starting five was everything for oh, this yeah. team. But you're going to have games like that, you know, and that's what we've seen throughout this year where sometimes the starting five are going to be only people on double figures like it was last night. Sometimes Kevin Harder is going to have six points. Uh, Harrison Barnes is going to have five, but TD is hooping and Malik is hooping and Trey Lyles is hooping. You're getting those efforts, and it just it, it seems like no matter what is going on that night, they collectively, consciously or subconsciously, figure out who needs to step up that night, and they step up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The starters may look around and be like, well, we're not getting no bench production today. Come on, we got to pick our game up and, and bring us on home, or vice versa. And that's the sign of a of, in my opinion, a, co a complete roster, a roster that can give it to you any way you want to get it from each night or at the very least gives you an opportunity to win with how deep they can go. I think they're 9, 10 deep, legit. Yeah, I think the biggest point to that too is that you have players that not only sense that they need to step up like as scorers, but they, they have moments when they realize that something's going wrong in the game and they need to go fix it. And so that's where I get to, like, the nine rebounds from Harrison Barnes. Like, Keegan Murray has started to put up those types of numbers, you know, where he's getting six, seven, eight, nine, ten rebounds in a game. Mm -hmm. uh, but Harrison Barnes is averaging, you know, right around three and a half rebounds a game for, like, a month and a half. And you could sense in that game that they needed that. And then you had Trey Lyles come in. And I thought, you know, Trey Lyles had his crazy moment in the first half uh, where he got the technical and, and kind of lost his cool and had to go sit down for a minute, which very uncharacteristic. But then you got to this point in the fourth quarter where you saw the light bulb go on that Trey Lyles, like, I've got to go rebound. And boom, boom, boom. He's flying in from all kinds of angles. And he, I don't know where the stats were on it, but he ended up with like five boards. It looked to me like he had seven boards, mm. maybe eight, and, and all late in the game. So I really do think that it's one of those moments where uh, you look at the team and you go, okay, they've got guys who can fill specific needs. Terrence mm. Davis. We need somebody to go out there and score. Can you go get us five buckets? I got you. You know, uh, Malik Monk, tonight you can score, but what we really need you to do is play make because our playmaking is in suffering. Mm -hmm. Go out there and do it. And that's what I think we're seeing. We're seeing individuals being able to step up into roles, whether they're comfortable doing it or not, and finding success, and that's how a team succeeds. You know what else has been suffering is James's opinion of Davion Mitchell. J James uh, is a bitch. James, well, well uh, wait a minute. There's a lot of people out here yeah. in these streets. No, uh, I was uh, the only one that believed in Davion. 
I, uh, I, I, I have been frustrated with Davion in the past. Uh, how do you and, and 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 I gave him his flowers to start this show because I absolutely believe uh, he earned them. He I saw him play with an aggressive uh, a, a aggression level that I I don't feel like we had seen from him enough in games specifically where De'Aaron was out because obviously it's an entirely different situation uh, when De'Aaron is out. Uh, Hammer, how'd you feel about Davion last night? Uh, I got to be honest. Most of the time when De'Aaron is out, Davion doesn't step up. That's what we've seen. Like the one game where Fox got hurt in game, we saw Mitchell come in and put up like 19. Then he got the opportunity to start the next game and he wasn't good. And you're like, hey man, those are like in the NBA, there, there's potential for you only in your career to get a handful of true opportunities to show that you belong and that you can be that guy. And I thought that like early in the first quarter uh, where Davion started stepping up and hitting the three-point shots, it just changed the whole complexion of the game. It opened everything up because to that point, you know, they started to kind of muck up the middle because they're like, okay, well, Fox isn't here. We're just going to mess with these guys. We'll run some zones. We'll get physical with them. The second Davion started hitting shots, it opened up everything else for everyone. Hmm. And those are moments that he needs to feed on. He doesn't have to score 10 points a game or 14 points a game, but what he can't do is he can't, like, take the shots that look like he should get to 14 points a game, but he's scoring six. And, you know, he's getting in the way on the offensive end. So I thought it was one of his better games um, this season, and it's something that he really he needed, and you hope that he can build on. Uh, although, like, everything I'm hearing about Fox, he had an MRI. It was, it was mostly clean. Um, you know, like, no one is ever 100% clean on these things, but... Uh, that the the team doesn't expect him to miss much time, if in any, after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's not like some expectation that he's going to be out like a couple of weeks or or even a couple of games. Um, so, like, you need Davion to like channel what he was able to succeed at this last game and then bring it into the next one and the next one. Um, when he does the, the sneaky defensive things, like taking the charges, I thought he probably got... Uh, you know, one or two charges that should have happened that didn't happen. Lou Dort, like the mystery dropping the shoulder play where Davion flew like 10 yards uh, and got nothing. Um, But, you know, he had the play with Getty where he pulled the chair out, which was just so impressive. He had the other offensive uh, charge that he took. Um, Those are moments where he really can impact the game. The the moment that stood out for me last night with what he did, it was actually two sequences. Um, where he was help side, uh, Jalen Williams went back door. He strips the ball. Keegan gets it, goes out to a fast break dunk for, for Harrison Barnes. Call a timeout. They come out of the timeout, and he takes a charge right out of the timeout from, from the Thunder, man. Davion, what he's able to do on the defensive end, top shelf, top shelf stuff. Damien asked me the question earlier, and I want to ask you, Ham, what, what, do, you, what do you say – Davion's role is on this team. I mean, he's De'Aaron Fox's backup. I mean, unfortunately, I think that that's what his role is. Like, if there was a point where I thought he's a defensive stopper that can come in and, you know, on some nights play 30 minutes a night, like I projected him to play closer to 25 minutes a game this season. Mm. And he just has had his role eaten up. And it's not because. Well, I think partially because he hasn't excelled. That's part of it. But I think the other issue that he has is that De'Aaron Fox has. And 
the combination of Herder and Monk, whether they're on or they're off, they're having their weeks where they're struggling or not, they still give you so much at that position as far as shooting and playmaking and everything else that you've got to a point where there's just not a lot of minutes for Davion. And so, so real quick, it, it's real quick though, yeah. Dan, I want to because I want to clarify the question. What would what would make you say Davion played good tonight? Like in your opinion, um, like he played a game. Like hmm. Fox is back; he's the backup. What would what's a what's a game from Davion look like? Where he's like he played good today. He did his job. Yeah, I think he he needs to be really aggressive and solid defensively. Mm-hmm. And and I have to like, you know, there's one thing when you notice him defensively, but I have to in certain situations I have to not notice him too. Um, like because there there are times when he's still like off the ball isn't good and he's got to work on it he's still figuring out that that sort of issue how to how to play defense off the ball just like playing offense off the ball I think he's really struggled with on the offensive end you know just hit your shots like when you get open shots hit them don't don't hesitate don't worry about what's coming next just get in position this every other player on this team knows the position don't get in the way and and even to that point if i don't see him on the offensive end that's okay that that's totally fine like we always see malik monk on the offensive end that's just who he is as a player but it's those players that they can do a bunch of things that you look at the box score and you're like hey i didn't even realize he did that the problem that i i've seen most of the time is that he hasn't been a reliable three-point shooter uh he he's great defensive uh defensively against smaller players but against bigger players they're starting to shoot right over the top of him and and that's become an issue so there are just times where like it's tough like you want him to fit in more but i'll also like i don't like giving players excuses but the way that the kings do their rotations is just so incredibly difficult for davion and so for him to come in at the six minute mark of the first quarter when De'Aaron Fox sits down and then Fox to come back in the final two and a half minutes and finish the quarter. And then Davion opens the second quarter. It's just all this stop and go. It's really hard for a player to get a rhythm for him to like settle in. And I don't, I know why they do that, but it's come at Davion's expense. And that's one thing I would point out too. Like, again, I, I can be hard on him, but a lot of times my frustration with him isn't whether he's hitting shots or it's, it's very much that, when he stands out as he he's not doing what everyone else is doing, then that's a problem. Like I'll, I'll point this out: Chemezi Metu in in the third and fourth quarters. What was he doing? Like y- you looked out, the offense is flowing, everything's going good. They they take Sabonis out because he gets a foul, and then all of a sudden Chemezi's standing near the baseline, and no one's up like running the offense. So it's almost like you're running like a, a five flat. And you're just standing like, why, why is this happening? And eventually Mike Brown had enough and, and pulled Shemezi out and put Rashawn Holmes in who starts setting the high screens. But it was like, why would you do that as a player? You've played 60 games for this team. Why would all of a sudden you stop doing the offensive flow that this team is known for? And I can't explain it to you. All I can tell you is that the offense stopped scoring for like four minutes and it's because no one was out running the offense and setting screens for the players to get open. And so that's where I, I bring up Davion because there are moments where you see those things that like, man, you know the offense. Or if you don't know the offense at this point, are you going to be able to learn the offense? 
And so if he if you don't visually see him all the time on offense, that's okay. Some players, their role is to go stand in the corner mm-hmm. and wait for the open shot. And for him, there's too many times this season, and you know, for that matter, Chemezi, where you see them stand out as someone who's doing something that doesn't make any sense, that that's not part of the flow of what they're doing on a nightly basis. Real quick, now I want mm-hmm. I want you to hear what you got to say. But to be fair to those guys in that situation, they got thrown a curveball. I'll give credit to OKC on that one. They did go, and Katie and Mark did a great job of talking about. It. They went to that 3-2 zone that the Kings were lost in. They were all lost for four or five minutes in that third quarter. And they, they couldn't run the normal dribble handoff <laughs> offense at that particular time because they were zoned up. And they'll have counters now, and they probably do, and it probably is different with De'Aaron Fox out there. But for about three or four minutes, they were everybody on the court was lost with what to do in that in that zone. So I tip my hat to OKC in that one. They, they threw them a curveball they weren't ready for. I'll counter with this. Mike Brown said it last week. Everyone has a zone defense. All of them suck. They are no good. That's why we don't run zones the entire game. And so if you didn't prepare your team against a team that runs zones all the time, that OKC team, that's not something new. They run zones all the time. They switch back and forth, but they drop into zones for large stretches. No one flashed to the middle of the key. No one flashed to the free throw line. And that's what you were waiting for. That's why everything stopped. And and they just, they didn't play the, they didn't read the scouting report or someone didn't read the scouting report on that particular moment. And like, I, I understand what you're saying where they are talking about the 2-3 the zone. I'll also tell you at the same time, I heard Katie like, why is no one splashing to the lane? Why is no one showing at the at the free throw line? And that's what I'm talking about. It was it was a moment where maybe four guys recognized what was happening and one didn't, but the one that didn't is a crucial player in the offense that has to go show at the at the free throw line and actually, you know, run the offense from that point. All right. Well, one of the four tell them to go to the free throw line. Like, that's not <laughs> yeah. all on them. Where are my leaders at? But. Yeah. They're on the bench. (laughs) You know, the one thing, and it's not fair that Davion can't do is turn the ball over because Mm -hmm. of, and and again, I recognize that's completely unfair to say, Hey, Davion, you can't turn the ball over though. Cause it feels like when he turns the ball over, which may have been the source of some of my weekend frustrations, Mm -hmm. it's magnified. It's magnified because he doesn't play a lot or he does. He he, he doesn't play the amount of minutes that, 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 that that De'Aaron plays and, and Malik plays. And it feels like those, those, those turnovers just look worse because like, all right, Davion, let's go. Oh, he handed the ball to the defender for some reason that I've still yet been able to figure out in that first Oklahoma City game. With all that said, Hammer, um, was last night, the, the yesterday, the last time we see Matthew Dellavedova play for Sacramento? <laughs> not saying he's not a cut or not on the team anymore. I'm just saying was last night the last time we see Delhi. I don't think so. I mean, it really depends if if Fox. He had good games hurt. earlier this season, by the way. He had some some. But he had another minutes. game early in this season. Yeah, well, where he did that too. I was like, oh, yeah. oh. Well, no it's bueno. probably tough when you play every twenty twenty one games. Poor Nelly, he just handed the ball. I think it was at the end of the half or something like. That. He just handed the ball on a dribble handoff to the. He did it, Davion. That's. What... I said, bro, what, what's yeah? The hell was that? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll add this to you. asked uh, the Davion question about the turnovers. Like, Davion averages 0.8 turnovers per game. Like, that's nothing. Like, mm-hmm. he, he that's not sort of who he is. He's basically a, 
a three to one uh, assist to turnover ratio guy in his first two seasons in the league. I'll, I'll take it. That's totally fine. Um, I thought, to be honest with you, it wasn't just the way Delhi played. It was that for some reason Malik allowed Delhi to run everything as opposed to what Malik usually does, which is take over the game with the second unit. So without having Davion next to him, it was almost like he was thrown for a loop and he let Delhi like be the guy who takes a ball up. That should not have been the way that the whole thing worked. Like Monk needs to play. The reason why you don't slide Monk into the starting lineup when someone goes down is because you need him to be him in the second unit. You don't need him to be him with the first team and you need him to carry that second unit. And that's something I thought was really strange to watch as well. It was just like, it's almost like Della Vidova wasn't comfortable just playing off ball the whole time. So he always had to go get the ball out of bounds and was like taking the ball up and, I just thought that part of that was a mess. Like Della Vidova should not be trying to score off the dribble in the late third quarter of a NBA basketball game. That I, I was like shocked by that. Like, what is why is Malik not the guy taking the ball and doing that? And uh, it was really because they had kind of switched duties for the game. At least that's what it looked like. You were pretty hard on Delhi. You you and Sean Cunningham both. Y'all went pretty hard Sean, on Delhi. Sean was hard on Delhi. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. By the way, I really like these live editions of the, the Kings Beat podcast. That's really good stuff. It's good stuff. Absolutely. They're fun, man. I, I like doing live too, uh, you know, because we get the interaction from the fans and we can take on a couple of things that people are saying in the, in the chat or answer questions. And um, so it, it feels like, you know, it's, they're the studio audience, right? <laughs> so they're they're sitting there with the laugh track, uh, but they also like on occasion bring up a good point, and you need to like dive into it. Why is Brendan always dressed like it's raining inside his living room? I think <laughs> I think it's because he's like a a young like twenty something guy. He, like that's that's how they dress. He looked like he walked in from the rainstorm and just sat down and started doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey, buddy, get comfortable. Like, stay a while. Yeah, people think I just got done hunting or something uh, just because well, I'm wearing to be, green. To, well, to be, to be fair, that's that's part of your uh, your your motif, though, if you will. But it did look like you were uh, leading a sleigh dog race <laughs> um, last uh, time. Yeah, that, 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 that was that was that was classic. Yeah, Beanie Ham. Beanie that's Ham. What, that's Beanie what we're Ham calling indeed. that look. Yeah, Beanie yeah, Ham. Yeah, y'all, y'all leave Deli alone, man. No, I ain't got no problem. Yeah, I don't have no Delhi problem with Delhi. Was, was thrust into a, a situation. Back up, PG. I didn't think yeah. he killed the Kings. No, I think he didn't he, at all. He's, he's Sean is kind of shocked. Like shock, he was shocked when he made the team. He was shocked when they kept him at the the wave deadline in January. He's shocked that he's still on the team. <laughs> um, I, I get it. Uh, you know, like there there just seems like there are other Vibes. options out there. Vibes. Like if, I think Delhi is a big part of the vibes. I guess. I guess because I, I would look uh, at at a guy like Goran Dragic. Like, could Goran Dragic help this team more than Matthew Delavadova? No, he just no, got waived. No. I, I don't I, no. I, no. Maybe he. Got, I mean, you guys just watched no. Delavadova play, and you still believe that? No, you, I just, Goran ain't I even gonna play. That's, I don't believe Goran's gonna play. I vibes. Oh, okay. Vibes, yeah, Ham. I, yeah. Is he a better player today? Yes, he is a better player today, but he's not gonna play. Delhi don't play. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm fine either way. And people are like, there is going to come a point where I believe he's going to be an assistant coach. And I think that that's totally fine. I mean, 
Leandro Barbosa is there and he plays all the time. Like when mm. they do so a lot of times when uh, there's Barbosa a group of players who have Yeah, he might be better. He, oh, he, yeah. could, he could Bar- he, he Barbosa might be better could than go. Than Delhi yeah, Barbosa could go. <laughs> he could be yeah, he, when, he could take Delhi's spot. When there Same are, are times where um like a bunch of the younger players aren't playing very much, following practice or shoot around, they run a five on five game and guys like Del uh Delhi, I think Robbie Lemons, like there, there's a couple of guys who jump in and actually play some of the, you know, the development guys mm-hmm. jump in and play just so they have numbers. And so those guys can keep fresh and stretch their legs. So yeah, like, I don't know, there, there will come a point where I think Del Vidova is an assistant coach, whether it's here or somewhere else. So yeah, good for yeah. him. He was fine. Good for him. I, I, I like Delhi out there. Well, I mean, Situation. The, hand, the handoff did cause me to go. Oh, I said, "Come on, man!" It's not like he's oh. playing twenty minutes a game. Like it's just, there it just—it just happened. <laughs> it just happened. Yeah. All right. Can't, can't there's there's only been the, the Kings have been uh, so good uh, coming out of the All Star break. There was only two times where I was just kind of like, "The hell was that?" It was Delhi's handoff, and then um, on Friday when Harrison Barnes uh, fouled Paul George when they were. Oh, by just running into the screen. Yeah. I, said, I said they had a foul to give, right? He he wouldn't. He really wouldn't do yeah. that in the penalty. Yeah, just ran into him. Ryan was yeah, like, there, "Dad, it's going to be okay." No, it's not going to be okay. It's terrible. There was that one game where TD threw like three balls, like fifty. I really wish you'd stop bringing that up. You act I, like I just, he does that know. every day. He just no, happened no. to throw a couple of them in successive Deep. order. <laughs> Deep. <laughs> Even like, I was at home like, damn, CD, what, who are you throwing it to? He, he couldn't yeah. even, he was doing so far, he couldn't even have hit Doug. Like, yeah, yeah that one was out there. I mean, that's kind of like what, where we got with Herter the other day, where it was like, okay, look, man, we can we can deal with you missing some threes. Now it looks like you're getting beat on quite a few defensive assignments in in a specific game, but the second you started like handing the ball over and throwing it out of bounds and doing some like weird things with the basketball, it's like okay, that's too much. You just go sit down. We're gonna let Malik go do his thing and score a bunch of points. And and to be um, fair yeah, so. to uh, Delhi and I guess Delhi's only. The bench wasn't particularly good yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like that, no. that that game was won by the five guys whose name was called at the beginning of the game. Like yeah. those th- those are the guys who won the game. And sometimes that's happened. We've seen the bench pick up the slack for the starting group before. Uh, but last night it was, uh, and it was great to see uh, those five guys, including Kevin Herter, uh, Keegan Murray, uh, Davion Mitchell, to to get in the act with with the big numbers that Domas and Harrison put up. Yeah, I, I think the only other player that came off the bench that I thought was impactful at all was Trey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, like how many games this year do we have to say that where Trey comes in? It, it's not every game. You know, there's not, but it's there, a lot of them, there has been, yeah, we're probably at 10 games now where he's made a, a really, really big impact in the, in the final outcome of a game. We'll come back. Uh, we'll look at the standings with James. Uh, yeah. We saw a lot of things happening. Uh, in the association. I'm actually curious to get your take because the Clippers aren't off till Friday. They take on the Warriors on Thursday night. Uh, and Ooh. that game obviously has a, a a lot of ramifications for the Western Conference, has a lot of ramifications for the Los Angeles Clippers uh, mm-hmm. as well. So we'll look at the game uh, coming up on Friday. We'll look at the current standings. We'll talk about what's happening between now and then, and we'll talk more Kings basketball 
with our ESPN 1320 Kings insider James Ham here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D-Lo and Casey continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. Uh, if you missed any part of today's show, uh, you can catch it in its entirety in podcast form. Uh, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, be it uh, the Odyssey app, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, just search Stilo and KC. Hit the subscribe button uh, if you have the ability to rate and review the show. That would go a long way as well. But Jesse breaks this show down uh, in ways that you don't have to listen to the entire four hours. You missed our conversation with James Ham. You could catch it. You missed our conversation uh, with Coach Marsh Campbell. You could catch it. You catch the Tardis show, middle of the show, whatever. Jesse does a great job of breaking that down for you over uh, on our podcast. And while you're there, search Corners of the Culture as episode one of season two. Season two. Drops tomorrow uh, as we look back at Dr. Dre's classic, The Chronic. James, what do you think of The Chronic? <laughs> Can't wait to be on there and break it down. Yeah, <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, Your thoughts on... <laughs> nah, you going to say that. Rat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat <laughs> on that ass. I was going to hmm. say DN. <laughs> well, there's that. Um... Such I'm a, in. Such a, I, I don't know. Such a sophomoric <laughs> line that gets repeated all it's these hilarious. years later. This kid is all of these years steal. later. Um, <laughs> James, let's look a little bit at what we saw uh, last night. Uh, shout out to uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Shivano for doing the Lord's work in in, in beating the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, we saw the Grizzlies mm-hmm. beat the Lakers. We saw the Warriors beat the Blazers, uh, and we saw the Wolves beat the Clippers. I want to talk about those last two games uh, specifically, not necessarily the games, but a couple of the teams in them. James, where are you? You've watched them a lot over the last five to six years, maybe not quite as much as you've watched the Sacramento Kings, but you've watched the Golden State Warriors a lot through their championship years. Where are you? Where, what do you think that team is this year? Now that the, now sitting in the five spot, it's tough. Like I, you don't want to face them in a seven game series, but I, I also I'm not sure how much you fear them. I mean, Steph is going to be back relatively soon. It sounds like we might even see him. They said in the next three game road trip, mm-hmm. he could pop up in, in the three game road trip, and of course that changes the dynamics of that team greatly. 
Um, but I don't know. I, I it, it kind of it just depends on what week you get them. They're horrible on the road. Yeah, horrible. So again, I guess if you're if you had a playoff series, I, I wouldn't like count a Kings Warriors um, like road and home. I, I wouldn't really worry about the Roman home uh, home and road splits because you're gonna have so many like crossover fans uh, for those games. Um, we but, ain't letting like, them in the building. They ain't, they ain't, we ain't letting them in the building. They, I, yeah. I understand. I understand that it ain't happening this series if that happened. I'll tell you that right now. Ain't no 50-50. Ain't no Red River shootout. It ain't happening. We ain't letting it happen. My people in Sacramento ain't letting it happen. I would hope that that would be the case, but people want to play pay Bay, Bay Area prices. Uh, I could see a few Kings fans looking at that and going, huh. I could sell one game and pay for my entire next season. Mm. Maybe I'll do that. And so, but either way, um, like there's still a team that I don't think you really want to get matched up against. If you're a team like the Kings who haven't been there before, because you're realistically looking at a team that like every player on that team has 500 times more, uh, like, like playoff experience than any one of the Kings players or all of the Kings players combined. I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. That Warriors team is so time-tested and, um, you know, they're battle-tested. They know exactly how to get through a series. So it's possible you, you could run them off the court. Uh, but if I'm the Kings, you know, it is what it, you're going to play who you're going to play. You can't worry about it. Um, at this point, I don't so much worry about the Warriors tracking the Kings down. So there was a point, you know, maybe a week ago where I was like, okay, the third spot is tenuous at best. But right now, when you look at the Warriors, the Warriors are five games behind the Kings in the loss column, and they're four and a half games back overall. But five games back in the loss column, they have a 2-1 advantage in the season series over Sacramento, and you know they play, what, the final game of the season? Six oh, no, seconds. next to the last. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that could become a really big game. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know that, again, I don't know that the, the Warriors can catch the Kings, um, but I certainly... You know, if you're looking, you don't want to be a four or five matchup against them because uh, that that team could be very tough. Yeah, I do want to be not, careful not to overreact because I feel like this is what a lot of national people were doing with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. That 27 point comeback against uh, Dallas. All of a sudden, the Lakers are getting to the sixth seed to take <laughs> on the lowly Kings. Whereas I thought last night's win was really impressive for Golden State. Mm -hmm. They were down big in that first half. They looked like hell. Uh, They got it together. They got scrappy. They fought all without Steph Curry and got the dub. They're going to have to do it again, Mm -hmm. and they're going to have to win games for the foreseeable future without foreseeable, you know, maybe next week. Mm -hmm. There's optimism that Steph could be back next week. But, again, optimism and reality may not necessarily be the same thing. Right. I don't want to overreact too much to what you, we all watched last night. I thought that performance was really good. They've got to do it again. And truthfully, I'll, they might have to do it as soon as tomorrow. Yeah. When they take yeah. on the Clippers. And also, we don't we don't really speak about it, but Andrew Wiggins still isn't there. And no, yeah. nobody really knows what's going on yeah. with that. And yeah. I, who knows if and when he comes back as well. He was a, a huge part of what they did last year in their playoff run. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that team is 7-23 and 23 on the road. And I'll just point out, they're seven and twenty-three. That means they have eleven more games on the road. So, unless they they do something that they haven't done all year, let's say they like totally go above and beyond everything that they've done, and they go three and eight. Now, I'm sure they could do better than that, but like 
that's that's eight Ooh. losses. Warriors going for their tenth road win at the Golden One Center. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the storyline yeah. we're all here for. Will the Warriors win their tenth road game at the Golden One Center? <laughs> yeah, I think Kenny that's doesn't. A crazy Kenny thing. doesn't think they'll win ten road games. Uh, I, I I bet the under. And and I, it's, I gotta be honest. It's fun as the. It's getting really hard to argue with you. <laughs> They're really bad on the road. Yeah. yeah, really, really. Yeah. I mean, that's it's crazy how bad they are. But again, they've got eleven more games. If they lose, if they lose eight of those, like there's almost no way for them to catch the Kings unless the Kings had like a catastrophic collapse mm-hmm. because you already have you have a five game lead on them. Mm-hmm. So take that five game lead and add the eight. You got thirteen. That means the Kings have to go eight and thirteen to finish the season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like they they have to get better on the road if they're going to have any kind of uh like chance to to compete you know for a long time you know people be like oh but it's so bunched up in here like you have one bad week and, and, and you can go from four to ten mm-hmm. and we would always scoff at him like it's not happening it's not happening well it's not happening with the kings <laughs> the Clippers and the Mavericks had a bad week, yeah. and they have fallen out <laughs> yeah. of where they were at. Which team? Kings aren't in first class, but they're in economy plus right now. <laughs> right. They, got, they got a little more leg room. <laughs> it happened with those other guys for sure. I want to take those two teams specifically. Who do you who do you have a little more faith in, the Clippers or, or the Mavericks? Mm. Clippers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, and the Kings, again, they have – six game lead over both of those guys in the loss column. Like that's, that's a tremendous lead this late in the season. Um, Yeah. I still think that the Clippers, like I told you guys, you want to catch the Clippers. Now you don't want to catch them two weeks, three weeks from now, Mm -hmm. because that will give them time to practice and to gel and to become who they might be for the playoffs. And, you know, again, I, I think a lot of people like they jump on this whole, Oh, you know, look, the Kings have won four in a row. They didn't need to make any changes at the trade deadline. And it's it's about today, it's about tomorrow, it's about the playoffs, it's about getting better and improving in a specific time. I think we all look at the Phoenix Suns and nobody wants them in the first round because you're worried that KD's gonna be there. Who do you mind tonight? facing mm-hmm. yeah, do you mind facing Phoenix right now? No, not really. I, you know, Phoenix is tough, but like you can beat Phoenix on on a Wednesday night at this point in the season. Uh, what you're going to have a really tough time doing is beating them when Kevin Durant's been there for twelve or fifteen games, if that happens. And you know, they start to roll, they start to find the rhythm as a team, and now you're you're playing against you know two legends of the game. Although Chris Paul's kind of you know on the downfall, but then you know, a really, really good player in Devin Booker and a solid center in, in Aiden, and all of a sudden that team becomes a lot more difficult. Um, Chris Paul yeah, sure I, as hell like, wasn't on the downfall against Sacramento. <laughs> no. That no. was, that was no, New Orleans the, Hornets, uh, Chris Paul. Yeah, he got to the mid, yeah. That was that was that was absurd. Yeah, Kevin Durant debuts tonight uh, for the Phoenix Suns, who are uh, sitting two, three and a half back uh, from Sacramento right now. Um, you know, you asked uh, James the, the the Clippers or the Mavericks. You know, the Mavericks might implode, mm. and not for the reason that most people would think. Let's not pretend Luka Doncic is the most stable individual. Mm. This thing could go south because 
he gets frustrated. Didn't take the last shot last night. Still doing that, huh? You would have thought they learned in game one, <laughs> uh, but they're still doing that. Uh, that thing could get th- – th- it seems like between the two of them there's just too much talent for it to get that bad. Mm. However, you have two unique personalities, one in which I believe Kyrie – all of the, Kyrie's good. Like, he's good. Mm-hmm. Luka I don't know about. Let them lose a couple of more. I want to see how Luka responds a lot more than I want to see how Kyrie Irving responds because I just don't think this team, the team – in its totality, is very good. The Dallas Mavericks could go a certain way. They are going to go as far as Luka and Kyrie together can take them. Mm-hmm. But that team, I don't I don't buy it. And you got a coach who's just like us. <laughs> he's, he's watching. I don't know if you <laughs> saw that, like James. Us. Jason Kidd said, I, I, I'm watching just like you. I'm not on the floor. <laughs> so I didn't know, ain't nobody coming to save that team. It's up to Kyrie and Luka, and I think them alone. Yeah, and Tim you know Hardaway. people always for, they always forget that in these trades, like any time you make one of these big trades, you actually are giving up something to get like a star, and mm-hmm. and then you have to let the star figure out how he fits in the new world, right? And eventually they become just you know Kevin Durant will become Kevin Durant and the Suns, but for right now it's kind of like the Suns and Kevin Durant on the outside. I know that like the first couple of games the the uh, Mavericks from people I talked to were kind of excited to let Luca was out. And so to let Kyrie like get to know his teammates, figure mm-hmm. out his teammates. And then you actually had this weird moment where I think a lot of the teammates were really excited to play with Kyrie and maybe not so much to play with Luca anymore people because love that man. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it's so a little weird. different vibe. Plus, <laughs> You gave up. People can say, oh, he's just a, you know, whatever. But Dorian Finney-Smith is a good player. Like, yeah. he helped them. He beat the Kings one night, I remember. Like, he's one of those guys that, that uh, you know, knows his role, plays to his strengths. And when you take role players and you move them for great players, the dynamic change is just, like, huge. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to figure out, it's not just how do the two stars play together. It's how does everyone else fit into that world? And how much of a sacrifice does everyone else have to take? Because now you got two guys that are shooting 20 plus shots a game. That means that everyone is taking a huge sacrifice for that team. And uh, again, when we look at like the Suns, the Suns gave up uh, like Mikel Bridges is awesome. Like, and you gave up Mikel Bridges in that you gave up all those picks and, and all that, you know, even Jay Crowder was a useful piece. Uh, Cam Johnson, like you gave up your two starting forwards basically and you expect that that team is going to just, like, Kevin Durant's going to walk on the floor. Well, who is going to defend everybody like Mikhail Bridges did? Because I can tell you, they don't have someone that can do that. Even Jay Crowder, they don't have another defender like Jay Crowder. So you're going to expect Kevin Durant to be Kevin Durant and, and put up 30 points a game, but, like, they have holes, and, and they don't have any time to fix those holes. I mean, Terrence Ross got signed up after being waived, and he's he's in their rotation and that speaks volumes about where they're at as a team right now. I think KD will, will go a little bit back to Golden State KD, mm. where he's not the same player. Physically, he's not the same. I mean, that was five years ago. Mm-hmm. But I do think that when you talk about who's going to guard, I think he's going to be a little less looking to score 30 a night, and he'll take 20. He'll be able to score 25 in his sleep just because he's Kevin Durant. 
but he's going to take a little more pride in that perimeter defense. He's not at the point where he could be Michael Bridges, but he can he can kind of mirror that type of perimeter defender. Yeah, but isn't he like 34 years old? And yeah. didn't he pop his Achilles, and now he's coming off another knee injury? Like, we can't expect him really to be. Good. Yeah, he's still like, like Kevin uh, six Oh, no, foot offensively 14, he's so. really good. But <laughs> like, defensively, that's going to be tough. Uh, but he's still like six foot 14, so he doesn't have to be like super agile to guard Keegan Murray. as tall as Michael Cooper. He does have that Michael Cooper vibe. I, I'm I'm anxious to I, I'm excited to watch them play. Like I, I want to see what it it looks like. I don't think it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I can't. I mean, I can't remember. Did, didn't did, did KD and that started out a little rocky, right? Mm-hmm. Golden State, KD. Yeah, they were like eight nine or something. I mean, it's a tough. Maybe a little. They are a little better than that. But I remember they lost their first game. And and, and this is you know this is this the, uh, Chris Paul is a certain type of acquisition for Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant is an entirely different type of acquisition for Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. And it's like we were joking about the 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 lame ESPN question. Uh, who whose offense is going to be better than Phoenix's? Probably a lot because they've got some things. I feel like someone should put a memo on the board of first take. Like, yo, there are only 20 games left. <laughs> this isn't training camp. Like, these aren't free agency signings. They And, and this is what I think Phoenix is uh, betting on. They figure things out over the next 20 games mm-hmm. and hit their stride when they're playing the same team three, four, t- uh, four, five, six, seven times in a row. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what Phoenix needs is a bunch of time together just to figure it out. Like, And again, you're going to ask guys like Aiton and guys like Booker to take fewer shots. Yeah, Aiton already feels iced out. How's he going to feel now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's going to change the dynamic. And how does Aiton work? You know, like, Aiton is Chris Paul's like big man, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's created that big man like sort of functional piece that he is. Uh Chris Paul has created a lot of what Aiton is, right? Mm-hmm. And uh that's not who who Kevin Durant is used to playing with. And so it's different. The same thing goes with Booker. Like uh Durant's used to playing with creative playmakers and you know, I guess you could say some shooters uh when it comes to the Warriors a couple of years ago, but realistically like this is a different feel so we don't know what that team's gonna look like i'm not just automatically giving handing something over to the the suns especially like the kings i looked it up again today the kings at 118 offensive rating mm-hmm. it's the highest offensive rating in the history of the nba mm. like this team is rolling offensively yeah. and they just you know De'Aaron fox missed a game what they put up last night 124 like, 126 124 yeah. who's 124 117 uh, 123. 123. God, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. We've only been here yeah, four hours. We've only repeated that <laughs> score uh, 27 times. Uh, okay, yeah. here, here, here's here's one for you both. Kings finish third. Mm-hmm. Who finishes fourth? The Suns. Hmm. The Suns. Yeah. Okay. Hammer? I'm going to go the Suns. Oh. Okay. The Clippers. They, uh, uh, the, uh, the Clippers is who, who I, you know, you know that's, that's who I'm feeling. You know, as far as like going to the NBA Finals, but they've already got this own four out of the All Star break, and I don't think, I think it's own three. 
Yeah, I don't think they're going to three. With, with the Warriors three. tomorrow. Own three. Yeah. Own three with it's, the Warriors it's tomorrow. A, I think it's more of a coin flip. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's a coin flip to... Where's the, where do the there. Warriors fit in that? Or do they? they yeah, five, be, six. Yeah, five, six. Five, six, seven. So we, got, so we uh, all I mean, got Dallas out. Dallas is there. Dallas is out. Yeah, We're taking Dallas out? Dallas, six, seven. Dallas, six, seven. Okay. I'm taking them out. I'm taking them all the way out. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Y'all can. Warriors. Warriors got my attention out. last night a little bit, man. I ain't gonna lie. Okay. To you. It got my attention last. Night. I they'll really get your bit. attention tomorrow. Then they'll they'll get a lot of people's attention tomorrow if they beat the Clippers. But I, I unfortunately I think the story tomorrow if the Warriors win is that the Clippers lost. Yeah. And then right. despite the fact that Russell Westbrook is shooting 50, 40, and a hundred, it's going to be his fault because yeah. his team is on for it. And I'm I'm going to need. Uh, you know, uh, rerun LA to happen tomorrow. I need Steve Ballmer rubbing on thighs tomorrow. Oh, yeah. thigh rubbing. That's it's good. It's good. A little, little, little thigh rubbing. <laughs> like, bro, I know you're worth more money than God, but please get your hands off my thigh. <laughs> sir. Sir. Sir, what sir. are you doing? Sir. Please. Sir, I need you to do that and then to please. not make the Zoom. Was please. it the Zoom that he made? I don't, what was the audio device? I don't know. Just please remove your hand from my extremely <laughs> upper thigh. That's all I'm asking. And stop staring at it the way that you are because this video is going to live forever. Steve Ballmer. Not great, Steve. Don't say that, but he's passionate about his team. Don't say that. Well, get your hands off my thigh. Yeah, no. Stop being passionate about my extremely upper thigh. It wasn't just my thigh. It was the extremely upper part of my thigh. Steve got to calm down. James, you're sitting next to Bomber during the series. No. I think the best thing that can happen to the the Kings right now is if they somehow can hold on to the three, but it's the Clippers and the Suns in uh, as a four or five. I think that would be, first of all, it would be a fun series. So so Warriors, Dallas, either one at six. Dallas is the one. If they can find a way to yeah. get to that six. Uh, Dallas, yeah, if you could find a way for Dallas to be six be and Dallas. for, uh, again, Warriors, uh, Grizzlies to be the two seven, mm. man, that would be nice. I talked about I this. Mean, there, Sorry, there's I'm a going. pathway. I talked about this with Matt for a second uh, on, on, on the Locked on Kings podcast. The Dallas, Los Angeles, Either one, the the Warriors, the, the Suns, the Nuggets, they even to a certain degree Memphis, they all have got expectations. Mm-hmm. The third seed in the conference has none. <laughs> no one is going to be no. They're not entering the playoffs with any weight on their shoulder. Yep. If there's any weight on their shoulder, it's being taken off the second they clinch a spot. Yep. They're yep. entering the playoffs as free and as comfortable as any team in the association. One hundred percent. Nothing they do will be looked at as a failure, like like Phoenix, Kyrie, failure, failure. Oh, oh, three time MVP, mm. failure. Mm. Sacramento, hey, we just here to light the beam, baby. We just here to light the beam, baby. Light the beam. That's what we're gonna do during the playoffs. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Ham, it's always fun, man. I, I assume, by the way, probably should have asked you this out the gate. I assume Kings were off today. Yeah, Kings off today. I'm sure we'll have practice tomorrow. Um, so we'll have a little bit of info tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, a little bit quiet. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's see. Tomorrow's Thursday. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably – we'll lock in. Um, James Ham will report live from practice, as he always does, uh, with his extremely long videos. Uh, if you want more Kings talk, uh, we got you. You want to hear from one of the hottest coaches in Sacramento, Mark Campbell? 
We got you. You want more James Ham? We got you. If you listen on ESPN 1320 or the Odyssey app, we're going to run it back next on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Go Kings. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.